Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. This is reading like a college list of a 2.2 student. <laughs> Pete Thamel. So this is uh, this is the part of po- the podcast where I enjoy putting forth completely unsubstantiated gossip that I hear talking to <laughs> agents and coaches. And SI's Pat Forty. Per your analogy, Dan, driving through the blizzard, is this the point where at least you, you cross the state line and you can pull over and get gas in a sausage McMuffin? <laughs> We've made it this far. And here's Dan. Ah, welcome to the pod. It is week one. Gentlemen, we've made it, sort of. The pandemic has not completely ruined this sport. It was dicey. You never knew if you were really going to get there. I think our original prediction was there's no way all 130 teams will play. Uh, That turned accurate. I think that was our general sentiment. There was certainly some dark days. We didn't know if anyone would play other than maybe the military academies. We have a collection of teams playing this weekend. Week one, the traditional start of college football. There are nine games. Buckle up. Central Arkansas, UAB. South Alabama, Southern Miss. Eastern Michigan, Marshall. This is reading like a college list of a 2.2 student. (laughs) (laughs) Two, two, and a, like, uh, what, an 830 SAT? I don't know. Probably should have studied a little harder. 790. Yeah. Eastern Kentucky Marshall, by the way, Dan. You said Eastern. Eastern Kentucky. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Short drive over from Richmond. 2-1. 2-1 GPA for each. I was thrown off because Marshall was the first school that didn't have a direction in its name. (laughs) (laughs) Just Marshall. Just one dude named Marshall down there in West Virginia. Thunder and Herd. You cannot stop. The Thunder and Herd, your coronavirus. You take that. Middle Tennessee's playing Army, SMU, Texas State, Houston Baptist. I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of Baptists in Houston. That is a, that could be a, Houston Baptist is taking on North Texas, Arkansas State against Memphis, backyard rivalry. That's actually a decent little game. Yeah. It's a little it's the best we got. Yep. Saturday. Until Monday. Yeah. Until Monday. Stephen F. Austin against UTEP, Sun Bowl's rocking, baby. Yep. And then the big one, <laughs> the big one, BYU Navy, Whew. decent game, decent game. I'll decent take that. Game. It's it's decent game. The Super Bowl. As, per your analogy, Dan, driving through the blizzard, is this the point where at least you you cross the state line and you can pull over and get gas in a sausage McMuffin? <laughs> We've made it this far. We haven't made, <laughs> made it, it home, this far. But- Okay. I think you could pee, well, it's I also, think you pee outside in the wind. I think that's probably <laughs> better. We, uh, you've made it far enough on the highway snow ride that you're going to try to make it all the way. Yeah, right. Now, you yeah. might not. Okay, you might not. You mm-hmm. may highway may close, interstate may get shut down. You may slide off. Well, all sorts of things can still happen, but you're not turning back. That's right. That's okay, right. you're like we're in. I hope I got a candle in this car. <laughs> Keep it warm. <laughs> Now that one, bring a candle and a blanket. That's always hope the OnStar bill is paid. I don't know, <laughs> but we're going for it now. So let's do it. Yep. Anyway, those are our those are games. I mean, I'm going to watch some of them. I'm about sure. all of them. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. How about wow. Central Arkansas and UAB only on ESPN three? They couldn't even get a real UTEP. Couldn't I mean? <laughs> we couldn't get any of these on. 
College sports, CBS Sports has only got one game. No, they got two. They got South Alabama, Southern Miss, Middle Tennessee, Army. Double double dip. I will be in the house in West Point on Saturday. All right. How about yeah. that? Good yeah. for you. One of the best stadiums in the country, if not the best. I've never yeah. been. I've been uh, I've never been for a game. I went for a basketball coaching clinic once. Never been for a game. I am fired up. You basically have to get like strip searched and tested 16 times. And again, it's a military base. I want it to be as secure as possible, but I'm going and I am fired up down and back three hour and change shop from Boston. Let's, let's, let's do this army. How many cadets are they letting into the stadium? Do you, you know, know, I have not, I've wondered that, but I have not asked that and I'm not on their list. So I have not seen it, yeah, but I haven't if, seen if the cadets are in the bubble, that in the army base is a bubble, there's probably a chance they'll be more so than like regular students at, yeah. you know. Best home field advantage potentially in the nation? Maybe. Yeah. It will be interesting what Navy looks like on Monday too. I went once and they, they well, I think they traditionally bring the paratroop in the, the game ball. Yes. Which is pretty awesome. But I uh, when I went one time, I've been a couple times and one when I was younger and, and uh, the cadet landed and then took off the, uh, this is how I recall it, took off the jumpsuit and it was a cheerleader. Really? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> anyway, that's where we're at. So there's your nine. Got to find something. I just think that, I just think that Stephen F. Austin UTEP game should be on something late instead of ESPN 3. But I'll probably be watching that. Sun Bowl is a great stadium. So I guess Memphis and Arkansas State's the prime time game on ESPN. Are they doing game day? Did we figure this out? I, I don't know. Yeah, game day is happening. They're having a two-hour studio special on Saturday. Mm, that's uh, that's where we're at. All right. The biggest developments of this week since our last pod was uh, college football got even more political. Oh, good. <laughs> Just yeah. what we were all hoping for. Oh, yeah. Joe Biden has been running ads blaming Trump for canceling Big Ten college football by doing nothing on the coronavirus uh, for a while and not getting this under control. And that's why we don't have football. And then Trump has responded by actually talking to Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, and declaring that they were about to immediately start playing. And the, the ball was at the one yard line immediately made no sense at all. The one yard line, uh, everybody started cracking which one yard line. Pretty good jokes there. It's politics. It's silly season. I don't blame Politicians are going to do anything and everything. I think if a White House is trying to help your industry get going, though, you should listen because who the hell knows? They might be able to do something. Uh, in this case, it does not seem like that was accurate. He was, as I've been told, kind of talking about the testing, the rapid testing that the federal government may have available in October or late October, which certainly would help a timeline of an election, but not necessarily get a Big Ten season going. Uh, anyone else hear anything else on uh, on on that? And I know there's all sorts of excitement. There was Dan Patrick saying season was going to start October 10th. There's been no movement on that. There's a bunch of students who co teams aren't even on campus. Uh, you know, it would. Uh, I haven't heard anything on that. So what what do, what do we think on this? The two squeakiest wheels in the Big Ten are continuing to squeak out things to media people about playing October 10th, and that's Ohio State in Nebraska. And uh, so you see these various places that have ties to them putting out stories like, oh, there could be a Big Ten vote Friday or Saturday. I think there there's at least two, maybe three, maybe more schools that are trying to see if they can muster enough presidential support to somehow turn 11-3 against into – nine five in favor by the end of this week and try to get going by october 10th i think it's an extreme long shot uh i am amazed actually at the the insistence by both ohio state and nebraska to keep pumping this out there i mean ohio state's like shameless at this point it is like we i don't care you know about anything about the conference i just want us to play because we're going to be the best team and we think we have a chance for a national championship and that is all that seems to matter period point blank to ohio state so the lobbying effort and the messaging and the behind the scenes agenda setting has been fairly amazing to watch the word i heard actually about for both gene smith and ryan day was obsessed with trying to get this to happen uh, I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but that's how it was described to me by one Big Ten source. So I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, but 
with there's been like 20 different things that I didn't think was going to happen. Pete had a good column on the whole Trump uh, part of it uh, earlier this week. Uh, Pete, do you sense anything that indicates that this is really going to happen? No, nothing. And like Dan Patrick, God bless him. He's a generationally great talk show host. But I just think this is a, a little bit when you when you get out over your skis in the news breaking business and you're really not into that, like you, you have to be careful to, you know, not just carry agendas and uh, and do that. So when the October was it October 10th or 3rd that he uh, that he, 10th, 10th. Yeah, it was 10th in that thing because there was an October 3rd date floating around too. like so that that comes out. And obviously I had like just put my column out that said this Trump thing was really not there. So I'm like, okay, like you always want to make sure like your instincts are as you double check. And like I called a few Big Ten sources and they were like, you know, at multiple schools, the, the players aren't even getting back to campus until after Labor Day, which would be what, September 8th, 7th, 8th, something like that. So like they couldn't even do October 10th logistically, like right. period. So the credibility of that was in question for many, way, many ways. Like it, what is certain out of the last week is like, Certain schools want this to happen. What I think has been underreported in this and should not be undervalued is that there are clearly a bunch of schools that don't want this to happen. For as loud as Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska have been, there are a majority of the schools in the Big Ten, you could argue, that have been just silent. Like if we heard Michigan State say boo, peep, or anything, no. We haven't heard Indiana say a word. Northwestern's been very quiet. Rutgers has been silent. Maryland's been silent. And guess what? This isn't like some dumb conference issue where like who's going to host the quarters of the conference tournament or so like the normal satellite camp BS that we get with with stuff. Right. This is like the fate of football. And guess what? Every vote counts just as much. Now, certainly Ohio State and Penn State have more you know, sway. I'm not saying that. But on an issue like this. Like, I thought the most significant thing that came out of Trump Day last week was Mitch Daniels, the conservative former governor of Indiana, now the president of Purdue, basically came out and said, he released a statement that I read as, calm down, everybody. This was based on science. The science hasn't changed. We're going to play when it's safe. Like, let's just, and it was honestly the first time a president has come out for something that could be mistaken as support for Kevin Warren. Or at least like this guy is just getting thrown through the ringer. Let's let's bring some sanity into this and let's just stop letting people use him as a pinata. So look, Kevin Warren has earned his bruises in this. Let's let's be very let's be very clear about that. But I really thought that was way more telling than like a president trying to disingenuously set up a league to fail so he could then, you know, use it as a, a Twitter platform. I, I just, that was obviously transparent and it really didn't matter. You know, there is a hope that like if everything goes perfect, Thanksgiving could like I would give Thanksgiving start for the Big Ten a 15 to 20 percent chance right now. Now, look, I've been wrong about things. I didn't think we'd really have much football this fall. We are clearly having some semblance of football. These are fluid things like I like. But could the Big Ten start around Thanksgiving? Yes. Is there television in television interest? Yes. But the vote was 11-3, as the court documents told us on Monday. And if you think you're going to get six Big Ten presidents to change their jokes, you've got to get them from all those schools that have made it pretty clear by their silence they're not too keen on playing right now. So, like, just the math of all this and the logistics of all this are a lot more complicated than the desire of the few in the league that really want to play. Let me read the uh, Mitch Daniels. Uh, he is the governor. He was the former governor, uh, Republican governor of um, Indiana. And so he came out with this. He's president of Purdue. He's a very smart guy, savvy guy. The Big Ten's decision was a collective one after the commissioner and several presidents received very strong advice from team doctors and other medical experts that the unique health risk to athletes, especially in collision sports, as well as the risk for coaches and support staff, were too uncertain to proceed in good conscience. As you have seen, 30, 28 of 34 Division I conferences are not yet, throw that yet in there, three of the so-called Power Five were coming to the same discouraging conclusion. And to state the obvious, this had, been a, had to be a collective action. It would have been impossible for Purdue to play when many others were determined not to. There's another shot across the bow. We hope earnestly that we can go forward with competitions later this year, or at least in the spring semester. You may have noticed, blah, blah, blah. 
Coach Brom's creative suggestion goes on. That to me is, a, I think you're right, Pete, much bigger statement than we got an anonymous report people want to play or we're going to try this. You're not pushing this guy around. He's not a moron. He's not a partisan. He's not, this is just, this is the decision we've come up with. And this is what I want to say on this, uh, this whole bit. To me, the Big Ten, this has been a complete unmitigated disaster. Not the decision, although I thought it came too soon, but that was part of the mistake. If this is your fair and reasoned and learned decision that it's not safe, I'm not really qualified to argue with you. I don't know. I can I can wish you were playing, but I, I don't get it. They made a couple tactical errors. One was canceling the non-conference early without telling the other conferences they were going to do it. I think that that completely broke any idea that they were all going to jump together. I, th- I do think they came too soon, but basically they have sat there like a boat with a broken rudder getting bounced around in the sea every single which way. They are getting their ass kicked. The Big Ten is a total disaster right now. Kevin Warren, I met Kevin Warren when he was in the NFL. Extremely bright guy, very impressive guy. Was very intrigued when he took over the Big Ten. Didn't see that coming. Thought, good good idea. I think the the NFL usually always does the right thing. It, it works. The NFL's very, very successful. He has not been prepared for this. Whoever is helping him with messaging, with marketing this idea, with moving forward, and uh, apparently he has a crisis management team. Look, at, I don't know who the crisis management team is but they should show up at work every day with a handgun and a ski mask because <laughs> they are they are robbing you for whatever they're charging like it's a liquor store in the corner, dude. <laughs> the crisis keeps getting invented. I am going to open a college sports crisis management business one day because I have sat through every one of these things and watched these train wrecks of these so-called professionals. This is lunacy. Nobody is stealing money like this. How could you get a worse crisis? Let's throw another log on the fire here. Okay, this is what you must do. Here's free advice to you, Kevin Warren. Free advice. You can call me if you want, but I'm going to give it to you right here. Declare victory. Declare victory. Say this. Come out with, stand there with Daniels. We didn't feel like you can play intercollegiate college football until there is daily rapid testing is available. That rapid testing is not yet available. Other people can come to their own conclusions. We wish them the best of luck. We don't feel that you can do it. However, we think, based on the University of Illinois and Rutgers, are both trying to do daily testing with their own student bodies. Illinois is is close to being able to get the rapid testing lab work up to where they can test every student on campus right now uh, daily. They can't get there yet. They're at two. They're they're, they're bouncing. It's... It's, it's a process, right? You can't just snap your fingers. So they haven't quite got there. Just say, hang it on rapid testing and say, we can't do it. We think we will be able to do it by November, December. Absolutely. We are going to play football in January. We are going to either go with Pete's solution of, uh, let's start with Ohio State, Michigan, January 1st at the Rose Bowl. Or what I would say is we're going to rent all these NFL stadiums. We are going to start playing games, NFL championship weekend, when the NFL is only playing on Sunday. And we're going to go from there on an average weekend. We need seven games or six games. Depends. We've got some bye weeks. We'll play a game Thursday night. We'll play a game Friday night. We're going to play three games on Saturday. You know, one, four thirty, and eight. We're going to play on Sunday, three, seven. This is when we're going to play football. We are going to own the winter. We're going to play from January to early March. Nobody else is going to be playing sports. We are giving the big stage. The NFL will be done. The NBA and the NHL are not coming back on January 1st. You will be the only sport being played. Every game on national television, it's a little clunky. It's a little weird, but we think we can get a whole season in. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to set up a four-team playoff in conference at the end. I don't know. All these little logistics. We Every one of our games is going to get huge attention because it's the only sporting event on TV that day. You're going to get all the media attention. What's ESPN going to talk about all day? They're going to talk about last night's game. It is not great for Ohio State. Ohio State had a chance to win a national title this year. I agree with that. Ohio State 
to do that would need the entire season to get played. They need to win all their games. They need to actually have a playoff played this year, which none of these things are guaranteed no. of happening. And no. then they'd have to win. They'd still have to beat Clemson and Alabama. That's a, that's a small thing. Penn State and Michigan like to pretend they got a chance to win the national title. They probably don't. Not Michigan doesn't. Maybe, you know, they, they, they're not getting in that playoff and winning. Generally, Northern teams get absolutely destroyed in the playoff. Notre Dame or any of the Big Ten teams, except for Ohio State the year they won it, and then last year. Ohio State's the only one. May not be the best for Ohio State, but this is what we got. A lot of guys are going to go pro. Hey, they're going pro. It, Georgia just lost their start. A lot of guys are going pro. You, you own January, February, March. Okay? It's better for Minnesota, for Iowa, for Rutgers, for Maryland, for Michigan State, for Indiana, for Purdue. All the schools in Nebraska that don't get yeah, we're on national TV. Yeah, you're up against the LSU-Alabama game. No one's watching. No, now you're the only game on Saturday night. You are going to market your league better. You're going to sell it like that. You're going to say we came up with unique, and you're going to lean on exactly what Governor Daniels said. The risk for coaches and support staff. We care about our players. We care about our communities. Come up with one plan, declare victory, say this is the best plan we can get, it is certain to happen, even though it isn't, because we don't know. Maybe there's no rapid testing. And own it. And then tell your coaches to shut up. Tell your presidents to shut up. You got John Harbaugh, you got Jim Harbaugh's brother bringing it up in Baltimore Ravens press conferences. Free the Big Ten. Enough. You call every one of those coaches up and say, next guy talks, I'm going to remember it. No, yeah. Next time you're you're opening the you're opening next year's Big Ten schedule with three straight road games, you know, or whatever. I mean, yeah. I would seriously. I the he has got to start swinging a stick here a little bit because the the complete disrespect uh, of his position, the anarchy that's being displayed, the infighting, the agenda setting, has been completely embarrassing for the league. Completely embarrassing. And at some point, yeah, it needs to be reined back in. I mean, you would hope the presidents would do that on their own with their 80s and their coaches, but they haven't. They've been too busy hiding. Uh, so it's going to have to be the league office. It's going to have to be Kevin Warren. Step in and, as you said, personally call them all and say, look, Ryan, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But you know what? Kansas basketball had looked like they had a national championship team last year. They didn't get to play. They didn't spend the next month and a half trying to subvert the entire process. Uh, you could go through spring sports. Whoever was going to be the best baseball team in America, they didn't do that. Uh, you know, track and field, softball, they didn't get to play either. I'm sorry. It's a bad deal, but it's uh, the deal. You know, you're not the only one that's had this happen. You have got to shut up and play ball with the rest of the league. And then you got to lay out your plan. Yeah, right. Look, Absolutely. I wish the Big Ten was playing in September. I wish this wasn't happening. We we're looking at the full slate. It would be better, but it's clear that that's not going to work in the Big Ten. And the longer you sit around and go, maybe, 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 or, or no comment, lay out your plan. This is what we're doing, and it's going to be awesome. I and think they're working way. towards that. Now, how fast well, and how well, slow. I don't know. I know. Too I slow. Well, I was told a week ago, last Friday, I said seven to ten days to, to pick a basically a, a new model. Uh, we're, we are about going to be, at, we'll be at seven on Friday. We'll be at 10 next Monday. We'll see if they have anything. Then I was also told that might be ambitious. It may take a little longer. That's the problem. Right. Too long. No, sell your, take your stake, your claim and say, this is the greatest plan ever. Even if it didn't. Yeah. And we don't, and you don't even know. Instead they'll, they'll sit there. I, they're going to go, well, we'd like to play in November. If this happens, we'd like to play in, no, pick a spot and go with it. And then, because no one's yelling at the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 has just accepted it. Yeah. Well, Pac-12, first of all, they trotted out their medical reasons. And secondly, they just said, we're not playing it before January 1st, period, the end. Yeah, Big Ten is just a disaster right now. They're bringing all of this on themselves by not having bold plan. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, it and, and I think what's interesting about the point you just made, Dan, is now whatever they do end up doing, which could be great, is going to be undercut by all the complaining, all the alternate plans, all the agendas that have happened. Like it is they whatever they do is already inferior because their coaches, ADs have declared it inferior because they've already said they want to do all these other things that aren't realistic. And so that what they're doing publicly now is really 
going to be worse for the league in the long run. And, and that that's the disconnect. Pat blamed the presidents for being no-shows. I don't. Like, the presidents have bigger things to do. Like, these are, these are multi-billion dollar institutions they're running. Football budget's 1% of it, right? Like, do you really think, like, the president of Penn State, who probably has, like, 10, 15 satellite campuses, is, like, waking up every day worried about Kevin Warren football? No, like, the presidents have no, other but- stuff to do. Like, no. like, he, he, can, just, like, he can take five minutes to craft a statement, put out a statement saying this is oh, what I voted for and this is why. Correct. Period. And I, I just wonder how much the presidents amid this time have really thought about this. You know, like, all right, we voted. We're stopping. And now we have dorms to fill virus testing to deal with. Like to be a college president right now is not an easy thing. I mean, you have just like like faculty are mad, like in-person classes, not in-person classes, COVID testing, like students, not like there is a there are thousands of high stakes decisions they have to make. And I feel like the presidents have the hay in the barn where we have not seen any movement tangibly is at the presidential level in the Big Ten. And this is just like realignment. It's just like these other high stake moments, high stakes moments we've been in the last two decades in college football. The presidents are the only one that matters. And when presidents come out and say we screwed up and we need to change, I'll start paying more attention. And so that happens. I, I, the haze in the barn. And like Dan said, he made a great point. You better focus on what's next and try to prop that up soon. I think I think playing in January would be fun. Sure. I mean, I, you don't know there's even going to be a playoff. You don't know. I mean, I get it. You no. look and go, oh, like CBS announced they're going to do LSU, Auburn, Alabama immediately after Saturday at the Masters. Like the Masters is going to end on the, on that six o'clock and right. then they're going to live from Baton Rouge. Right. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty excited <laughs> pretty about day. that. Pretty good day. Yes. Yeah. It, who the hell knows if it's going to happen? You right. don't know. Well, love it, but I get that. But you just pick your thing and say, this is what we're doing until you if you don't do that, if you're not the leader, you can't be the legend. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. you also could be sitting there saying and going, hey, we're the only one who had a real season. These other guys got three games in. Right. We don't we don't know. Because if you talk off the record to anyone in the SEC or the at least I, the ones I do, they're like, well, we're hopeful. Yeah. Nobody, there's nobody out there saying, well, yeah, absolutely playing all eight games. Yeah. Uh, you got to take your thing and then sell it. And right now they're selling uncertainty and they're getting knocked around by two presidential candidates. And, and, and honestly, I don't, I, I know there are upset fans, but living in Big Ten country in Michigan, and maybe I'm sure it's bigger in Omaha, or maybe Columbus, but it's not like people are out in the street rioting. It's not like every day the media is just people going bananas about how there might not be Big Ten. Most of them are like, the SEC is not going to make it. That's a, What are they even pretending? I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm not sensing that there's just this out, complete outrage, you know, of, of people. It's all like, yeah, this sucks, you check, know, but check a lot my of men- things check suck. My, my kid can't stands, go to school. They're all there. All the Nebraska fans and all the Ohio State fans are there. Here's the thing uh, about yeah. the January, February. Like, so for a decade the metaphorical matchup between Northwestern versus Purdue was played every noon Saturday for six weeks, right? Didn't it seem like that game has always been on in perpetuity and it's always a gray sky and it's always like an awful game and it's like Pam Ward's voice. Like that is like been the epitome <laughs> of college football mediocrity for 10 Who years. Pam guess, Ward alone. Sorry. No, it's just it's like not her she's fault. The, she didn't get a good assignment. Yeah, <laughs> she's the soundtrack of mediocre yeah, football. All right. I'm not, not I'm not, I'm going to say her voice is mediocre. I'm just saying she was assigned to mediocre football. So, like, you have an opportunity to make Purdue Northwestern an event. Like, Purdue Northwestern on a Thursday in January, I'm watching yeah. all four quarters. On a Saturday, there's six other games on, and I'm flipping around. And what you have to do is prioritize that your, your uh, inventory can be repurposed and be watched and consumed in a better way. There, there is nothing going to be going on in January and February, the, the, the NHL had a, a loose plan and not that cocky ratings are going to dominate the country, but the, I don't know. The NBA has not come out with anything, right? The NHL was talking January 15th. I talked to someone in hockey. They're like, there's no way maybe wall star game. There's obviously the NFL playoffs, but that dwindles down after a couple of weeks to just, yeah. there's two games on championship Sunday, two weeks later, it's the Super Bowl. Y- you can own it. Yeah. If, if you're dead in a winter, there's no basketball and no hockey, and, and hockey's a little bigger in the Midwest, and you have a large swath of this country sitting inside because it's freezing out, 
and we may or hopefully not, but we may or may still be in this situation. Uh, you're going to get huge ratings and you're going to get a lot of attention. And all of a sudden people are going to know who the coach is at Purdue. I, I, it's, it's better for everyone, but Ohio state probably. Yeah. That, that there's one reason the TV partners are excited about that schedule because they know that the probes winter sports are not going to be playing. So they're looking that far ahead. Most fans aren't, you know, they're not, they're not thinking about what the NBA schedule may be or the NHL schedule or any of that. They just, they just we're not getting our football right now. Well, no, you, you, if you think ahead, like the, like the TV execs at Fox and at ESPN, they're like, yeah, We'll take that Big Ten inventory gladly in those months. It's like how every crappy bowl game does a 2.5. It's crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it's the only game on. Right? Yeah. So the, it doesn't matter who's playing. Yeah. You, there's enough gamblers. What is ESPN going to talk about all day on? You know, they're going to talk about college football. They're going to talk about your game. Yep. If there's a wild ending in one of these games, it's going to be the thing. A social media is going to, I mean, huge opportunity for the Big Ten. Seize it. Say this is the best move. Look, in a pandemic, we move the season back five months. Shoot us. Yeah. The the worst point people make is well, it's going to conflict with college basketball. College football ratings yeah. eat college basketball <laughs> ratings alive. Like it's yeah. just not even close. Like the Meineke Bowl does a better rating than Carolina Duke. That yeah, metaphorical... we, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. yeah. That metaphorical Purdue Nebraska game is going to do double Kentucky-Louisville or whatever regular season games we're going to have. Like, Fox would gladly chuck all those Big East games to FS3, 4, or 5, right? Like, that's just, it's the biggest no-brainer. That is, there are no obstacles here in terms of, like, competition. Because I, I agree with Dan, like, you know, the, the, the vibe from the NBA bubble is that they don't want to have another bubble. And the vibe from the franchises is that they want to have fans in the stands and they're willing to, they, you know, they they will try to wait for it. Because I think it's like 40% of NBA revenue. So in the NHL is obviously in the in the same boat. So you could have a sweet spot here and it's not perfect. And you are going to lose some things. I, I don't want to discount the opportunity lost by those high-end programs, but it's gone. And the sooner you embrace that, the better it is for the collective product. It's, it's going to take a, it, you got you to run a straight flush to make that work. Like you're like, all right, we're going to yeah. shoehorn this in. We're going to start playing on a month's notice. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, we're going to hope all the all the tests. Uh, none of our guys gets. I mean, it, it's it's no. possible. But the other thing, too, is remember, I mean, the Big Ten teams never even got into pads. So you're talking about players who have not been except for some of them that had spring practice. Most of these guys haven't been in pads since last November or December. You know, you're going to turn around and get them ready in four weeks. Come on, get a plan. And sell it like it's the greatest plan ever. And then get a new marketing team, <laughs> whoever the heck you're listening to. <laughs> My advice, free advice. It's the only thing free. Everyone else has got their hand in your pocket, <laughs> Big Ten. All right. Uh, big football news, if you will. Jamie Newman, quarterback uh, transfer from Wake Forest, NFL prospect, transferred into Georgia. It's going to be the starter, believed to be the starter, has bailed out due to uncertainties of this year and a global pandemic, a mid-global pandemic. I believe that was his quote. You know, we're seeing more of those. I think as we get closer, you're going to see additional ones. Okay, you know, as this starts becoming real, you're going to see more and more guys quit. I also think that if the season doesn't run as smoothly as planned, like one of the first three games is canceled or something like that, you'll see guys bailing in the middle too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We've not seen a lot of that in NBA and NFL, but or uh, NHL, but certainly possible. Purely football. Cle Georgia certainly is a team that you're going to put on a short list for for a national title because they're a team that could win the SEC. Can they win it without Jamie Newman? Uh, JT Daniels is there, but they they start their first six games are Arkansas, then Auburn, Tennessee, Bama, Kentucky, Florida. Does this change your? Does this give Florida the inside track in the East? So-and-so. Big, big move here. What do we know? I think it's very much TBD how big this is. I, I think Jamie Newman is talented. I'm not sure he was an overwhelmingly great quarterback. And you're not going to get him. Well, you're going to get a five-star guy who started most of the season as a true freshman at USC. So you are not replacing him with some dope off the streets from Macon. All right? This is not necessarily catastrophic for Georgia. I think there was a little lilt in Sully's voice when uh, all this transpired because he knows that Georgia has beaten the pants off of Tennessee three straight and eight out of the last 10, and he might see a little opening for the Vols. But I think that 
this doesn't necessarily presage a disaster for Georgia. Yeah, I uh, a couple thoughts here. Like, Jamie Newman was a very good quarterback at Wake Forest. He was not a very good quarterback as last year came to a close. He was 12 of 27 in the uh, in the bowl game against Michigan State, the Immortal Pinstripe Bowl. He was 6 of 14 against Clemson, 6 of 13 against Syracuse. Uh, Wake Forest lost uh, 4 of 5 to, uh, to end the year. He lit up NC State for three touchdowns, completed, completed 25 of 38. And from that point on, Jamie Newman kind of went in the tank the rest of the year. So while the collective body of work of Jamie Newman was great, like I always viewed him being an instant star at Georgia through a little bit of a prism of skepticism just because the the, the last stuff we saw from him was not great. Um, it would the, the most intriguing part of him at Georgia was maybe Georgia was going to change some of its its offensive DNA to adapt to Jamie Newman, who is more of a mobile guy. They, they run that funky offense at Wake Forest where they do kind of the delayed handoffs and runs the Warren Ruggiero stuff. Now, I'm not saying Georgia was going to do that, but he was in that style of offense. One of the more important coordinator hires this offseason was obviously uh, Todd Munkin, who came from the NFL where he was a generally successful OC. He had three head coaching NFL interviews in the past couple of years. So Munkin comes to Georgia. And quite frankly, if you're an OC, you want to come to Georgia after the way they played on offense last year. So there was some some room for him to grow. Munkin had success at Oklahoma State. He was a, a pretty good coach at Southern Miss. He had a 9-5 and five season there before he went to the NFL. Um, it was going to be an intriguing marriage, but I, I don't think this is like some sea change altering transaction. Yeah, I think if, if, if I had one takeaway from the Jamie Newman decision, it was just like, I, if I were Jamie Newman, I would go back tomorrow and say sorry. Like, he needs to prove a lot more. Like, it, there's a danger in mock drafts, and I don't know where Jamie Newman was, but I don't see Jamie Newman as a first three-round pick. Um, he's a talented guy, but he has a lot of work to do to do that. Him neglecting to go put more tape out, to me, it, it does not bode well for his long-term uh, draft prospects. Three three uh, questions here. What, what, which of three options do you think is is accurately may describe what happened here? Legitimate concern over virus situation and or thinking I've done enough to show that I'm ready to play in the NFL. I was going to be beaten out by JT Daniels, and I just didn't want to deal with that. Or C, I was so mad you brought in JT Daniels that I just decided you trapdoored me, and I'm going to trapdoor you. Any ideas? Mm, mm. Probably a little bit of all of them, right? Yeah. You know, like that, that would probably be, uh, that would probably be my guess. There's certainly, I, I never want to dismiss anyone's virus concerns, right? Like that's, right. that's a personal right. decision. I think Jamie Newman would have started the season for Georgia, but did he want a season of, if I have a bad series, I'm going to get pulled. You know, that was, that was real. You know, that was there. You know, Jamie Newman is very good. I, I think long-term JT Danos has higher upside and in, in, in need a little bit of change of scenery. So yeah, I, I think this ends up fine. I think the biggest thing that happens is Georgia's offense just looks a little different because JT Daniels isn't particularly athletic, mobile, et cetera. Um, so they may be a little bit more traditional pro-style Georgia, um, which it seemed like hiring Munkin they wanted to evolve from a little bit. Nothing will hurt your draft status more than getting benched. If that if that was a possibility, then, you know, and I, I don't know, but like if, there, if there's one thing the NFL will always look at is why did you get benched? It literally is why Tom Brady, who despite an excellent, excellent senior year, if you ever go back and look at all his stats in that senior year, when he beat Penn State, Ohio State, and Alabama, fell all the way to the sixth round because they go, oh, why wasn't he the starter the whole time? It was the number one question about him. So if you lose that job, you're in trouble. All right, it's time for Race for the Case. Got that. Sign up uh, for your gambling needs. BetMGM.com slash Yahoo. BetMGM.com slash Yahoo. Uh, it's phenomenal. If your state allows you to do this on uh, on your phone, you're going to be very happy. If not, go yell at somebody in politics because <laughs> you should be able to do this. Sign up for an account at BetMGM.com slash Yahoo. New users get $25. In bonus money upon registration, no deposit required, and can be used immediately. And you receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with their first deposit. It's like almost free money. Maybe it is free money. Promo valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, or Colorado. 
that are 21 years or older. Terms apply. Rest of us, screwed. <laughs> How about Colorado, man? Yeah, Smoke baby. some weed. Bet on it. Betmgm.com slash Yahoo. Getting a thousand bucks. Uh, Live your pack. life, man. Get back there. You got to get back to it. I know to, it. To, I know it. Might move by the end of the weekend. Uh, Michigan's coming. I know that. <laughs> um, all right. Let's pick these games. Pete and I are 1-0. Oh. Wait a minute. Wait what? a minute. Last week. Brace for the case. We picked Central Arkansas. Hey, did Sully, you put in a bet on uh, on Austin P. Did you lose your money? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, uh, the first we, we've never bet an FCS game before. All of a sudden, now we we now now this is going to count. Pandemic it's rules, pandemic, man. man. It's a pandemic. <laughs> count. I would have loved to have heard the discussion if this had gone the other way. If Austin <laughs> P hadn't have called that bad timeout and given Central Arkansas time to go back down the field and score the winning touchdown, you've still in the middle. Tap out to a lead as usual. You'll catch yeah. it. It's the fundamental Sour tension grapes. of this bit. <laughs> Sorry you didn't see the wisdom in picking Central Arkansas. We've tried to warn you last week. <laughs> For the amount okay. of things you texted about Jeremiah Oatesfall the other night, like the very <laughs> least you can do is take the hell. Fine. <laughs> Jeremiah Oatesfall and I are both 0-1. <laughs> All right. Look, uh, in case you don't know, the race for the case, we go all year. Uh, at the end, somebody somebody gets a case of beer, right? The winner, the winner, the losers by the winner a case of beer. Yeah, yeah, I bought Pat a case of Bush Light, which I believe his sons finally drank deep in the quarantine because they had nothing else to do. Right? I bought the Has Bush that been Light. Consumed. <laughs> so two years ago, I lost to Pat. Big anomaly, and uh, I bought him his preferred Sierra Nevada as you know, as a gracious loser. And then I, I sent him a case of Bush Light just because I know he hates it, and so it just <laughs> lurked in his downstairs fridge, and I just took oh, like delight. Was- I took I think delight still, in knowing there's still I, some in there. I filibustered the 40 fridge and there's nothing worse <laughs> than having to throw away beer. Like I've had, I can't do it. There's still some in there. There's still some Bush light from 2018. Oh, the- gets better with age. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Dan Yikes. Wessel, Bush light. That's right. I yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember anything. <laughs> and then last year, who won? Pete won. Yes. And instead of taking a case of beer, you guys very kindly donated to uh, the charity I'm on the board up in Boston, Play Ball. Oh, that's right. I, okay, I just knew I Pat wouldn't be able to figure out how to send the alcohol on Drizzly. There was like a, a level of technology threshold that he was not going to be able to get to. So I just, you guys were very nice to, to donate to youth sports in the city of Boston. So I appreciate that. Now we got that sorted out. My memory's refreshed. Yeah. I did win the bowl, the bowl one. I was like a scorching hot. You do. You were. It was. You it were. was actually Although, like crazy how well you picked the bulls. Yeah, especially because you had. really don't watch a lot. <laughs> so like, well, that no, was really remember the there was a couple of bulls where it's like, uh, I, you know, didn't know, barely knew the name of the team, much less yeah. who was the, any of the players or the coach or anything. Yeah. You just you just pick a state and add a northern <laughs> or a southern or something. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah, you're like a weather vane. You just kind of go go whatever direction. Like north floats. Northeast Idaho. Wait, yeah. there is no northeast Idaho. We got our games here. I wish I had my betmgm.com slash Yahoo account last. I would have turned that 25 bucks. Yeah. Into, you could have yeah. upgraded uh, podcast right. partners. You could have been on a pod with like the Kardashians or something if you had, uh, if you had run through that. Been, my life would have been different. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's let's do it. We're going to pick uh, some of these will have been played. Uh, we're taping on Thursday. It is 12, 11 p.m. Eastern time. Yep. Uh, Central Arkansas at UAB. Oh, normally we're going to pick five games and then we get to pick lock of the week, our own choice amongst the, the, the buffet of games. However, there are only six games that have a line. (laughs) So, uh, we're limping into the season, but that's all right. So we're going to pick six. So all of our, uh, we're not doing the lock of the week this year, this week, we're just doing our games. Uh, Central Arkansas at UAB. UAB is giving 17 and a half tap. What do you got? <laughs> I don't answer to tap, but Pat, there we go. There's, you know, two competing theories here. One that central Arkansas, it's absurd for them to turn around and play five days after playing their season opener. The other is that they saw how bad they were and could fix the 97,000 errors they made and somehow winning that game. But UAB is actually good. 
So I'm going to take UAB and think that they just absolutely blow Central Arkansas straight out of Legion Field and cover the 17.5. Ah, uh, this is like that 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 like conundrum that I that I hate because there there are times when I have to agree with Pat and it really just like you're just like setting yourself up for failure, right? U, UAB returns nearly every important defensive player on its roster. They just got a D-line transfer from LSU. I don't think Central Arkansas is going to score in this game. Uh, I really think UAB is going to suffocate them. Now, UAB doesn't exactly have, like, the most daunting offense in the world. They do have a defensive tackle named Fish McWilliams, who could be an early pod favorite for player of for player of the year. Six foot, 310 pounds. I don't know many fish who look like that. But, yes, we've got old Fish McWilliams... Uh, clogging the gaps for for that. So no, I, I think UAB is very good. I think there is a realistic chance that UAB upsets Miami the next Thursday. I will reserve judgment on that until I watch UAB play. But I really think that the buzz out of UAB, talking to Bill Clark a little bit this offseason, talking to some people on their staff, they really feel like this is going to be a high-end Conference USA team that can win the league, and it is going to win with a stout defense. So... I'm stressing the defense for our listeners who may be interested in some gambling variables. But that is that is where we think. And, like, how can you bet against Bill Clark? The guy took a dead program, won Conference USA in, in 18, and then came back and played uh, FAU in the title game last year. So um, as much as uh, I enjoyed watching Nate Brown uh, call the game against uh, call the game against Austin P last Saturday, I think short, short rest and uh, – I just don't think I don't I don't think it's going to happen for the Bears, even though they are my Bears and they're America's Bears. I just don't think it's going to happen. Big fan of the Fighting Clarks. I'm a Closet Blazer fan. They're going to cover. Let's go UAB. I would like to try to uh, sneak up some value here, but I'm taking uh, UAB also. Short week. Forget it, man. This is uh, and the other team doesn't have a short week. Uh, no way. Uh, all right, USA South Alabama against Southern Miss. Uh, Southern Miss is hosting. They are giving 13 and a half games on Thursday night on the CBS Sports Network. Look forward to my buddy Carter Blackburn on the uh, call from Hattiesburg Thursday night. I will, I will take the, uh, I will take the favored Golden Eagles, basically based mostly on just how bad South Alabama is. And, uh, I, I don't think they can, I don't think they can go there and, and, and cover that spread. So, uh, there will be some fans in the stands. I believe uh, is that is that right, Pat? From your understanding, MM Roberts so. Stadium is yeah, going to have be about so. a quarter or a third full. So yeah, at the the Rock, as they call it down there, I yes. believe, or they used to. Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, I really feel like Southern Miss brought in a new OC in the offseason. Matt Kubik from Louisiana Monroe. Uh, they they return their quarterback. Uh, they usually have some good skill. I'm going to take the Golden Eagles over South Al. Yeah, South Alabama's bad. Uh, they haven't been bad against the spread so far under Steve Campbell. They are 13 and 11 against the spread, according to my Phil Steele, the last couple of years. So that's not terrible, but uh, 3 and 9 and 2 and 10 straight up. I don't like them here. Uh, give me the Eagles to win and cover. Give me the Eagles. A lot of points, but yeah, South Alabama was not good last year. They're not going to be good this Boring. year. I'm going with them too. Uh, Hattiesburg Thursday night. Forget it. Uh, all right. Middle Tennessee at Army. Uh, Pete's going to go. 1.30 Saturday, CBS Sportsnet. Army's given three. I really like Army here, and and shoot, I might even parlay it later with Navy for a nice little Armed Ooh. Forces special this weekend. All right, Pat? Yeah, I'm all over Army here. Uh, Middle Tennessee, like, rebuilding their front on defense, and you're going up against a, a, a wish bar, an option team. Bad combination. First game out. I'm not sure how much tackling or hitting they've done. This all sets up well for the cadets. Win cover. So this is uh, this is the part of po the podcast where I enjoy putting forth completely unsubstantiated gossip that I hear talking to <laughs> agents and coaches. So one of those is that the military academies, because of COVID, um, have had less basic training duties and they've had more time to uh, actually like lift like performance wise and practice wise. So look, if we've learned one thing from the extremely small sample set of games game that we saw Saturday. 
is that we're going to see some brutal football. I did a story on Yahoo on Thursday that basically I talked to like 30 coaches and I would say 24 of them were like, this is going to be disgusting. Like, it's just going to be sloppy. It's going to be bad execution, tackling, rhythm, all the disruptions, no spring, et cetera. All that said, I'm going to go scheme here and I'm, I'm going to go army with the with the thought that you know, they, they major in majors there and they know, they know what they're doing. They were five and eight last year. It was first down year under, uh, under, under Jeff Munkin. He overhauled the defensive staff and, uh, I don't think they will have another down year. So, um, I will go with, uh, I will go with army and I will not be rooting in the press box. All right. This is brutally boring. Ah. But I'm going to take army. I know we're, we're, we're taking all the favorites. Like we're the, yeah, we're the worst podcast ever the option team though like how do i ride tap this week people that's you know that's the, if, if there's any eternal yahoo podcast wisdom it's ride tap hey, can't go against army's really good at the start of the, i mean they uh, get that option I, I like the basic training bit i mean that is some good that is that good, good unsubstantiated stuff. gossip i have no idea if that's true i want to marching that. more <laughs> wishbone i mean that's just fantastic I'll, i'm going with it whether it's true or not all right, SMU at Texas State. SMU's given 22. Game's at 4.30 on ESPN. <laughs> the old SMU-TSU game. Woo! I'm going to take Texas State to cover, um, if only because I anticipate all of you taking SMU, and I, we just can't be completely boring. Three touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns. Uh, Texas State was just god-awful abysmal last year. They took a bunch of transfers. They flipped the roster. I talked to some coaches down there in the offseason. They really feel like they've uh, they've turned things around. I know SMU has Shane Buchel, and uh, obviously they returned one of their top receivers from last year who got hurt three-quarters of the way through the year. SMU is good. Uh, they also just got smashed in their bowl game. So it, it'll be interesting to see without Rhett Lashley, Garrett Riley, brother of Lincoln, is the new offensive coordinator there. Obviously, Sonny Dykes will always have a big hand in the offense. So SMU has not had a very good defense during Dykes' time there, which isn't surprising when they play those types of offenses. I think Texas State, uh, with Spav, can scare up a couple touchdowns and uh, do just enough to squeak by. Um, I really look forward to listening on the radio on my drive home from West Point, like cheering for a backdoor cover. That, that will feel like the season, and I'll, like, pull over at a rest stop to talk <laughs> to Pat on text or the, our group text. <laughs> that will be the season when I'm in, like, uh, I'm in, like, Lee, Massachusetts at the border, and I can't wait to get off at a rest stop to, like, send Pat a snarky text. So you're, you're just already predicting that you're, you're, you're going to have the win. So you're going to go – you're already planning to send the snarky text here while taking a team that has been absolutely – Awful at Division One football for how long? <laughs> I mean, Texas State has been horrible, like the worst program in the Sun Belt. So here's here's Texas State's records over the years: three and nine, three and nine, two and ten, two and ten, three and nine. The last five years, knock yourself out, baby. Give me SMU. They do have Shane Bouchelle, a very good quarterback. Uh, they lose some playmakers, but they are going to – I can't believe this line's only – what is it, 21? Is that the line? 22. 22? And maybe that little, one little point there for you get your backdoor cover. But I think SMU is going to put up at least 50 in this game and win – cover that easily. This is a big spread, but this isn't the game to chase points. That would be the next one. Texas State was terrible, and they're going to continue to be terrible. SMU, actually pretty good. So give me the ponies. It should be like SMU Baylor. Says right? the guy who loaded up on Austin P. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, you know, Texas State's always kind of befuddled me on how they're not decent. I mean, it literally sits right between San Antonio and Austin. It's really like almost Marco. closer to Austin. Like it's San Marcos is like twenty miles away. Yeah, it's close to Austin, but yeah. well, San yeah. Antonio's not that far from Austin. No, but like geographic nerd, a little closer to Austin than San Antonio, yeah. not middle. It's, it's close to the airport, man. Like some of the Texas coaches live in San Marcos. I could give you some real uh, Southwest Texas State minutia there. Well, that used to be, that was the name of the school before they changed it to Texas State. Well, it's pretty nice little town up on the hill, the campus. Uh, they should be better. Uh, they, they're terrible. Uh, SMU is going to crush them. Uh, all right. Arkansas State, Memphis. Let's speed this up a little. All of these games actually aren't bad. Memphis is given 19 and a half. Saturday night, the big one. Give me the Red Wolves, baby. I like them in this spot. Getting a good number. Pretty good program. Uh, got a lot of people back this year. And Memphis just had their best player opt out. New coach. First time as a head coach. 
Wonder if there's a little bit of turbulence in that uh, that organization at this point. Uh, I will take Arkansas State to cover the night. Would you say 19 and a half? Give me, give me the Red Wolves to cover that one, baby. I'm with you, Pat. Give me the Red Wolves. Just give me Memphis. Give me Memphis. Uh, let's not forget Memphis's defensive coordinator is Mike McIntyre, who, despite being a having a middling end at Colorado, is one of the more respected defensive minds in college football, and he's just had all offseason to study Blake Anderson's Wolves, Keith Heckendorf's offense. Logan Bonner, who's a very good quarterback for Arkansas State last year. I really think that Memphis loses Kenneth Gainwell, still returns Brady White at quarterback for seemingly the ninth consecutive year. Is it DeMonte Cox, the receiver that they have, who's the, who's the best in the uh, the best in the AAC, and a a defense that is that is only going to improve. The question I have with Memphis is Mike Norvell was obviously the play caller. I think Mike, Mike Norvell is a top 10 play caller in college football. Kevin Johns, who was on the staff, so there's continuity and familiarity, takes over in that play calling role. Silverfield goes from O-line coach to head coach. I really think that Memphis, with its better athletes can, and better schemes, can slow down Arkansas State enough and cover the 19 and a half. And I think Memphis is going to hang 50 on them. I don't think there's much mystery there. I'm taking Memphis in this, and then I'm just going to let's look this up because I want to defend myself a little bit. It's 80 miles between Austin and San Antonio. <laughs> San Marcos is 30 miles from Austin and 50 from San Antonio. It's only a 10. If it was 10 miles down the road, it'd be dead even. I think I was pretty close. Uh, all right, last one. The Monday night BYU at Navy. BYU is given two. It's pretty pretty good game. 8 p.m. on ESPN, Monday Night Football. What do we got? I am all in on the Coug. Navy loses Malcolm Perry, who was pretty much everything to them uh, last year. BYU returns a majority of their starters on offense, and they bring back a ton of skill. They've been scoring a lot of points. They're going to score even more. This is like BYU is probably like 10 points better than Navy. The line is, you know, a lot of people are going to get sucked in on the military academy line here. Don't do it. BYU is good, and they will they will score liberally. The, the reason why Navy's defense went from one of the worst in college football to an excellent one, they switched coordinators. They brought in Brian Newberry, but they also just controlled the ball. And without Perry, they're not going to be able to control the ball like that. So the defense is going to swing back because they're not going to have the ball for 40 minutes a game like they did last season. So I really think that this is a little bit of a sucker line, and I really like BYU in this game. Pat? Mm. Give me tap. I want tap. Give me tap. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of want to agree with you, but I can't do it. So I'm, I'm taking tap. Navy. Uh, the uh, the op- option game is still it's problematic coming right out of the shoots here. Uh, I know they've got a new quarterback, but still very, very solid program. The next man up for them is always a good man in terms of at least knowing the scheme and knowing how to execute it. In terms of uh, BYU scoring a lot of points, do you mean the three that they scored in the regular season finale against San Diego State or the 19 against Washington or the 12 against Utah or the 21 against Toledo or the 23 against South Florida? Not that many points being scored by BYU. Navy, yeah, when win, Z- cover. When Zach Wilson was the quarterback, they scored him, though, Pat. They scored him against USC. They scored him against Tennessee, as Sully would remember. Double uh, overtime, they scored 29 against Tennessee. Overtime, they scored 30 against USC. That's not a lot of points. I think Zach Wilson's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in America, and I think against okay. Navy's defense, he will have a field day. Zach Wilson, Schmack Wilson, give me Army-Navy. I'm going to parlay both of them for a little special this week, and I tipped it earlier. Can't stop the option week one, especially in a pandemic. I think BYU could be really good this year, um, but I'm going with Navy here. Uh, same thing. I like the the I like the venue. I like the trip east. I like uh, I like how they usually are early, uh, and I just like our military. So I'm going with Navy. How about that? Uh, so that adds it You're up. You're betting on America, they, Dan. I like that. I'm betting on America, man. Patriotic guys aren't patriotic enough. All right, there we go. Brace for the cases in. Let the excitement overwhelm America. Appreciate everyone listening. We're gonna be back. Normally, we're gonna. Do uh, we'll be out on by Monday morning. This one because of the the big BYU Navy game will be out Tuesday morning next week, and uh, we're getting into this season <laughs> by hell or high water. 
Something's happening. So very excited for the uh, weekend breakdown. We'll be back. Appreciate everyone subscribing, listening, sharing in media, telling your friends, whatever you get, sending us stories, uh, good times. We, It was an off-season like no other. Uh, there will be a season like no other, but we have made it in some form or fashion. We're here. So we look forward to talking to you all next week. Enjoy the games. Let's hope for a couple close ones at least. Take care. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at Skullduggery Pod.